Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to the Washington Weekly Podcast on the UBS In The Now podcast channel. Our conversation today will provide reflections and takeaways from President Biden's first official press conference, the current situation at the U.S. southern border, and where Congress stands on both gun control and big tech. Uh, Joining me here on the line for the conversation this week, as always, Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C. So, Shane, happy Friday to you. Great to be with you as always and looking forward to our conversation for this week. Thanks, Dan. Good to be with you. And uh, I I know I see the sun shining through, so hopefully it's, uh, you know, the real start of spring for me and, and anyone else listening. Yeah, it's uh, nice to have some Southern California weather up here in the Northeast over the past couple of days. So looking forward to getting out a bit later to enjoy it. But Shane, I know we have quite a few topics we want to hit on this week. President Biden, he delivered his first official press conference since being sworn into office. This was a very highly anticipated event. There's been a lot of media buzz around it. President Biden, he did cover a lot of ground, including topics we'll dive a bit deeper on later in the conversation. Though, first want to get your take takeaways, thoughts, uh, what stood out from the press conference to you? Yeah, no, great point. You know, I think the press conference that was held yesterday, it was day 65 of his presidency. And, you know, we often measure a lot of these presidencies by the first 100 days. So um, his press conference happened uh, later than um, any of his recent predecessors. And that was also noted by some in the press. Uh, But the content, you know, it lasted about an hour. And a variety of topics were covered. You know, obviously, uh, President Biden talked about um, the rollout of the vaccine and how many Americans have been getting the vaccine. But it was very interesting to me that um, the press really didn't follow up on uh, vaccine and uh, uh, pandemic questions. So, uh, you know, not to say the press is moving on, but there are other issues that are uh, kind of the news of the day. And. So you saw that play out in the press conference. You know, the hot topics, obviously, are things like uh, gun control, uh, the southern border. Um, uh, the filibuster actually um, was highlighted because, you know, uh, Democrats are trying to get legislation through the Senate. And the filibuster, which requires 60 votes to pass anything really in the Senate, Um uh, or I should take most measures in the Senate. And, you know, Democrats are talking about peeling that back so they could have greater chances at passing a lot of uh, their agenda right now. So, um, you know, it was interesting to see President Biden's uh, kind of no drama uh, posture on these. He wasn't trying to make, you know, um, big headlines. Obviously, he's trying to make headlines and, and show what he's doing, but he didn't want to have any gas and have that take away from the content. Um, you know, I think uh, the press, uh, you know, did not pull any punches. You know, they they were, um, you know, following up with questions to try and get more answers and not let uh, President Biden just um, deflect or kind of be vague in his answers. So it was a very it was a very interesting uh, give and take. Um, and I think a lot of these issues that were highlighted, will, there'll be more to come as, you know, like the southern border. That's not going to be something that plays out in the next week or two. It's going to uh, play over time. And same with the gun control and the filibuster, et cetera. 
Maybe we can spend a few moments, uh, like I said, want to hit on a, a couple of these points that were covered during the press conference. Maybe we can begin with the southern border for a few moments. Uh, last Sunday, I believe DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, he made the Sunday media rounds, though we did hear this week that President Biden appointed Vice President Kamala Harris to lead management and response to what has been going on at the U.S. southern border. Uh, Shane, do we have any indication at this time as to how the administration is planning to address the situation, which is very fluid. Yes, it is very fluid. And, you know, I think um, President Biden appointing Vice President Harris is smart to try and have a lead on this so you don't have, you know, different, uh, you know, whether it be the Secretary of Homeland Security or the um, Attorney General all kind of, you know, speaking their own piece. It, it should be more of a coordinated effort. So this is a good um moved by, I think, President Biden, although, you know, you saw some speculate that uh, he's setting her up to fail. I think it's a little too early to say that. Um, but you're seeing, you know, from yesterday's press conference, you know, there is uh, a real crisis down the border, you know, with how many people uh, are um, being held right now, how many families and uh, others, um, you know, and President Biden is trying to uh, emphasize uh, that um, people should not come and cross the border illegally. Um, that may be too little too late as, you know, the the, the problem already exists. But, um, you know, maybe those calls will help uh, to stem the tide and stop exacerbating the problem. Um, it was very interesting in the back and forth yesterday about, you know, the press wants to go see the border and bring full transparency to what's going on. And uh, President Biden is saying, you know, you'll get to go see the border. Um, but it sounds like he's trying to get a hold of the problem and, you know, um, rectify it before he, he has the press go down. You know, so how do they rectify it? You know, they're looking at different means. I think they're uh, one for starters are trying to uh, focus on the humanitarian part of it right now where you don't have thousands of people crammed into one um you know um big area uh so they're trying to uh look for alternatives and then come the questions about what you do you know um under the obama administration there's this po policy of catch and release which was you know if you caught someone crossing the border illegally you gave them a court date and then you release them and you know they could uh show up to that court date or they may just kind of disappear um so you know, I don't I, I, I I'm not sure there will be this that policy back in place, maybe a variation of it. Um, it sounds like, you know, they may not be giving them court dates to show up to. So this is going to be a very interesting how it plays out. And, you know, as as we're talking, this is something that's going to um, be in in D.C.'s wheelhouse here. Uh, for not just uh, uh, a couple of days or weeks, but probably weeks and months. Yeah, it, it sounds like a very difficult situation, Shane. You mentioned the humanitarian element involved. Always have to be mindful of that, though, to your point, this is something we'll continue to track very closely, and I'm sure we'll have some follow-up conversations on this topic over the next few weeks and even perhaps months. Now, on a very somber note, I know the president touched on this topic briefly yesterday. The nation experienced a yet another 
tragic mass shooting incident this week in Boulder, Colorado, which resulted in several fatalities. These are never easy, and over the years in the wake of these tragic events, the debate over gun control comes into focus. So what have we been hearing out of Washington this week on that front, Shane? Yeah, I mean, I think one kind of um, side impact of the pandemic over the past year is we really haven't had too many um, tragic mass uh, shootings. And so, you know, this is starting to happen again. And and Washington is yet again confronted with the issue of gun control, Um, you know, and President Biden talked about this in in the press conference and, you know, reiterate some of the things he supports, like a ban on assault weapons. That was um, in effect uh, from 1994 to 2004, you know, when he was a senator and something that he has supported in the past. You know, at the same time, uh, the House has already passed these two uh, background check bills and the Senate is um, contemplating now how to move forward. Um, You know, you have... um, with now this Democrat majority in the Senate, they can bring the floor to the bill where uh, when Republican uh, um, Republicans control the Senate, they chose not to bring up those bills for uh, votes. Um, but even if uh, Senate Democrats bring up the bills for vote, that doesn't uh, mean that they will pass. Uh, you know, there are, uh, depending on the bill, there is uh, solid Democrat support. Some bills have some Republican support. There are even some bills that don't have full Democrat support. So, you know, this is going to be very interesting. And, you know, uh, Democrats have to choose their path ahead. Do they want to kind of have a show vote that won't pass? Or can they try and find the the few measures that do have common ground and try to build that uh, support um, to the point where it is something that can reach President Biden's desk? So. You know, it's going to be an interesting decision that Democrats have to make. Um, and even if they tried that narrow approach where they think they have um, a smaller item or two that that can reach the president, uh, President Biden's death, there's no guarantee that it would. Uh, you know, there are some of these measures that um, there that, uh, you know, someone like Senator Joe Manchin of um, West Virginia, who's a Democrat, he may not be fully on board. So this is evolving. Um, but it's going to be important to follow uh, how uh, Democrat leaderships in the Senate decides to move forward on this. Definitely. Well, we will see what comes from this most recent round of dialogue and debate, though. Thank you, Shane, for sharing what we have been hearing uh, thus far over the past few days. Uh, maybe one other topic we can hit on this week. I know yesterday, Thursday, a handful of chief executives from major tech communication services companies, uh, they were up on Capitol Hill testifying. Uh, these testimonies always make headlines, always capture investor attention. What was the premise of yesterday's testimony, Shane, and what were the key takeaways yeah so you have the ceos of uh, facebook google and twitter um and this was a hearing on the house side uh and you're right you know this does capture a lot of attention sometimes more attention than is needed because you know you have um bipartisan um fire for these tech companies but the, the there is no bipartisan agreement about what to do so a lot of the, the back and forth uh, stemmed on, you know, uh, content that uh, these uh, tech platforms may have and what they're doing to beat back misinformation and foreign interference. And, you know, um, I think you, you see 
members from both sides of the aisle, you know, while they all have something negative to say about uh, these tech companies, they don't agree on what the what the problem is, and then they don't agree on what the solution is. So I think, you know, you're hearing a lot of talk about the removal of Section 230, which is this uh, legal liability shield for big tech, and that could happen in the coming years. But I think the more immediate kind of threat to big tech is not legislative, it's um, via regulation. So what will the Biden administration um, choose uh, to do and what will their path forward be? I think in that you're starting to see um, some um, people who are, you know, kind of anti-big tech, if you will, um, fill some key slots in the administration. So I think the takeaway here is that big tech is going to have a rough a few years uh, ahead of themselves as a, in, in regards to what Washington, D.C. is going to do. But some of it is luster um, because there may not be legislative solutions uh, on the immediate horizon. But some of it is, is absolutely real um, from regulatory actions out of the administration. So uh, this is, yet again, another thing we'll be following uh, over the over the coming uh, months and years. Uh, but, you know, big tech is absolutely under fire here. It'll be interesting to see how this all evolves in the years to come and how that might translate to market activity within these respective sectors. Though, thank you for some takeaways there, Shane, and for your insights overall today. Appreciate your reflections on what has been yet another eventful week on many fronts within the Beltway and beyond. So, looking forward to continuing our conversation in the week ahead. Uh, though, wish you a nice weekend, Shane. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Dan. Good to talk with you, and I hope everyone has a great weekend. Thank you, Shane. And again, today we have been joined by Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C. As a reminder to our clients and listeners, please be sure to reference the latest edition of the Washington Weekly Publication, which can be located on UBS.com forward slash Washington Weekly. For clients of UBS, you can always contact your financial advisor if you would like to receive a copy of the Washington Weekly publication directly. The Washington Weekly podcast is part of the UBS In The Now podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services, Inc. offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC-registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC-registered broker-dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at UBS.com forward slash relationship summary. UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA SIPC.